Weekly Tennis News Recap, Episode 242. When will tennis courts reopen and the tennis economy deepens its struggle during COVID-19? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Well, remember your excuse before COVID-19 that you didn't have enough time to learn tennis? Well, now you can throw that out. Check out my Accelerator Tennis System, a fresh start guide on how to play smart tennis. Well, today's week in review starts with the U.S. Open. They've donated $15 million as a USTA grant. The LTA did it in the United Kingdom, and the French Open also put together a grant to help the tennis industry. A big portion of the USTA grant is going to go to tennis facilities. They've earmarked $5 million for tennis facilities and $2.5 million for tennis pros. That includes 24,000 tennis pros throughout the United States, including the Professional Tennis Registry, which has 9,000 tennis pros, and the United States Professional Tennis Association, which I'm a member of, which has 15,000 members. Now, most of these grants will just go to the trade association dues. As far as tennis facilities, they are not clear uh, how that will work. It's just a general will help them open. I know the USTA is trying to get more and more involved in the parks departments throughout the United States. So it'll be interesting to note if these grants have a carrot attached to them. Because a lot of times when the USTA gets involved, like for example, if you want to build a new tennis court in your municipality and they cost $100,000, the USTA will pay for half of it for $50,000, but the, the catch is they have to run the programming at your facility. So it'll be interesting to see if it, there is that carrot and the municipalities will want the cash enough to take the grant. Finally, speaking of cash, here's some SBA, SBA loan information. Everybody knows about the uh, PPP program run by the SBA, $350 billion. They've run out of money. And of course, the emergency industry disaster loan was supposed to be a three-day quick cash uh, into your account if you were a small business or sole proprietor. In fact, I did apply for that with my three employees, and of course, we didn't get anything. But let's just give you a little insight on to how much money was available and how many people signed up and the amount of people that got money. They had a $7.3 billion budget for this disaster loan relief package. Um, a lot of people signed up for it. In fact, the total amount of requested applications totaled over $372 billion. So of course they only had $7.3 billion. And as you could see, they were only able to fulfill a little less than 2% of the people that applied. So if you apply, if you were one of the 3 million people who applied in your small business for that emergency industry or injury disaster loan, there's not a good chance you're going to get it. And let's just give you a little perspective. 
There's $10 billion. Let's just round it off, even though it was $7.3 billion budget. Let's say for math purposes, you take $10 billion and you divide it by 3 million applicants. You're looking at about $333,000 per applicant. Now, small businesses are qualified. If you're a tennis club, uh, you know, typically you've got anywhere between five and 25 employees. So if you're going to get $3,333 for your tennis club, now let's say you had five employees and you got $5,000, that's really not going to make a big dent into your operations. And I think the real uncertainty here is that, especially with the the PPP program, you're supposed to put most of the money towards payroll. I think the problem is, is when people come back, they're not even sure they're going to have jobs, especially industries that work a lot on tips or volume, especially like restaurants. So uh, the Democrats and Republicans are currently negotiating, fulfilling more money into both, both of those programs. Now, here's the interesting part about that. Let's say you applied for one of those SBA loans. If you're thinking, hey, well, I got in early, I'm at the front of the line. Here's the bad news. If you don't get a grant or loan or anything from the SBA, they start all over the next round. So everybody who didn't get one has to reapply again. So if you're looking for relief through the SBA, I don't see it coming anytime soon. Now, as far as court openings, it's very interesting that by, as I've done research around the country, how different large cities and municipalities have handled tennis and its organic social distancing qualities. In fact, in Houston, tennis, the parks are open and people are playing tennis. In Orlando, Florida, it's singles only and only hard courts. I have a student who went over to Sarasota, Florida. Uh, she's been going to the beach and playing tennis three times a week. Here, of course, uh, in Miami-Dade, uh, the courts have been closed down for weeks now. Carlos Jimenez, the mayor of the uh, Miami-Dade County, uh, got his advisors together this week, and they were just simply trying to come up with a phases and plans and how they'll work. A lot of people got excited misinterpreting the news, thinking he was going to open the parks immediately. And he was saying, no, this is just a planning session. But he said the first thing to open will be indeed parks. So one of the metrics that they're using to measure this is the hospital inventory and the ICU capacities in all the local hospitals. And so far to date, here we are in the middle of the pandemic, who knows if the curve has flattened or not, but we're at all time highs to date. And to this point, all the major hospitals have less, uh, over 50% capacity of beds available. So I think that's one of the things they're gonna look at when they're deciding when to open up tennis courts and parks in Miami-Dade County. And then finally, the last topic here is called reverse incentivization. And one of the things you find if you just look at the data with unemployment over the years, whether it's been 12 weeks or six months or when Obama pushed it back to a year during our last economic crisis in 2009, the data is really strong in that most people, no matter how long their unemployment is, will push it to the 90th percentile. Now, what does that mean? That means if you've been unemployed for 12 weeks, you'll get a job at week 11. It means if you were employed for six months, 
you'll get a job at five and a half months in. So, and when Obama did it and extended it to 12 months, people did the exact same things. They, they kept the unemployment throughout its capacity. And with the CARES Act adding $600 on top of it, I think you're going to see that a lot as well. So we call that reverse incentivization. And for those of you who work for tips or gratuities, you may make more not working than you would going back to a risky environment where you're not sure if you're going to have customers. And it's really interesting. I was thinking about and talking to someone who lives at a big HOA in Palm Beach County. And, you know, a lot of these HOAs that have huge tennis facilities and multiple golf courses have closed down. And in fact, they've laid off and furloughed a lot of their employees. In fact, they have a lot of international visa holders that they've sent back to their country. So these folks are going to have a difficult time coming back here because of the expense and the uncertainty. But what's interesting about reverse incentivization, and here you see it in these gigantic HOAs with their golf courses and tennis courts, they really don't have an incentive to open quickly and take Palm Beach, for example, we're on their shoulder season, they're headed into summer. So a lot of the people that are paying the HOA fees are not even there. So they're not even feeling the fact that they're not able to use the facility. And so these HOAs are still charging it, whereas most businesses like restaurants, you've lost your customers. So you're highly incentivized to get back in business. And with these HOAs, I could see them staying closed at limited operation capacity long through the summer and into the fall and just stockpiling their cash reserves. So why would someone like a gigantic HOA with this reverse incentivization even begin to hire people if the customers aren't coming back? But what's interesting about it is the cash flow is still coming in from all the homeowners. Well, thanks for listening to this week in review in tennis and listening to Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to log on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each day with a fresh episode. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's when push comes to show. I knew it all.